Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. We're back for another episode. This is Paul Arnold, and you've probably been watching the NFL like I have crazily over the last couple days. And NFL, we think, stands for National Football League, but it also could stand for Not for Long or Not for Louisiana. That's my joke. One joke for today. Moving on. Ernest Watts down in North Carolina. What do you say to those poor New Orleans Saints fans, man? You know, if for my worst enemy, I would have him dress up in a referee's uniform and walk down Bourbon Street. The guy would oh, kill out. He would be mauled. <laughs> I'm just, just, you know, that it's strange because this is a team that really rallied. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, we thought we'd be talking about the San Antonio Saints. And there's this great recovery. It's a great message, what the town, the region has done. I, I lived in Louisiana for three years. I mean, these are people that, uh, you know, that they're very clannish in that respect. That's C-L-A-N-N-N. Uh, and it's, <sighs> it's the amount of bad luck they've had. Three straight playoff games ended in the last play of the game. And we go now to Nate Moyer, who's about the biggest Drew Brees fan out there. What would you say to Drew Brees right now after that game? Uh, I don't know, man. That, that was that was pretty tough. He, I was really excited for the Saints this year. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Saints fan. I like Drew Brees, but I was kind of hoping they'd get over the hump. I'd like to see him in the Super Bowl. I feel like they just had some bad luck in the playoffs the past few years. But, <clears throat> man, I tell you what, Drew Brees did not really show up today. He was not him. Himself, I think they should have just let uh, Bridgewater and Hill throw the ball, and, and he should have just stayed on the sidelines after a few throws. He just didn't have it today, so that's just a disappointment. I'm sure it's not easy for him either. But yeah, that's I don't know what I tell him. I just give him a hug. I, I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> Nate, don't you find it interesting that the one long pass they throw, they have Hill throw. I mean, Breeze throws one, and it's underthrown by 10 yards. It's picked off. Into double coverage, too. Into double coverage. But the, the one time they, you know, they threw long twice. And I don't think that they targeted Thomas enough. I mean, I, the whole game yeah. plan, I had problems with. But, you know, Breeze just doesn't have the ability to throw long. And they've already asked him. He wants to come back for two more years. That's not really going to be his decision. And that refers to another 40-year-old quarterback we'll talk about later on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I found it interesting they talked about Hill tends to be the legitimate candidate to be the next Saints quarterback instead of Bridgewater. Wow. Well, there's another quarterback on the field that hadn't won any big games, and Cousins finally did. And how do you like him now, Nate? Well, it's because it wasn't a Monday night football game. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they won, right? Right throw him on a Monday night or a big stage. It's, it wasn't, the stage wasn't big enough for him to fail. So he did, uh, yeah, he did pretty well. I mean, he did really well in that overtime period, um, kind of turned it up a notch too. That was, that was pretty impressive, but I mean, you got to give it to the Vikings. I, I don't, I think the Vikings played well. I think we're talking about the saints not doing well, but I th think the Vikings played pretty well. They had cook back. It seemed like full health. He was, he was great. Um, I had him on my fantasy team this year. He was a huge contributor for me. So I, I like him. Um, I don't know if they'll win the next round, but, they, they, I think they, they definitely outplayed the Saints today, so good for them. They started that game out even beforehand about a segment, maybe it was on ESPN, about how both quarterbacks do their huddle, you know, hype speech before the game starts. And that last year, one of the defensive linemen went to Cousins and says, you got to be the leader of this team. you got to get us fired up. And that's what Drew Brees has done for a couple of years. Ernest, do you think Cousins really is the, the leader emerging now as a true quarterback? 
I don't know. I mean, you saw on the sidelines, Stefan Diggs had this self-petulant fit in the first half because they weren't targeting him. And then I thought they kind of went to him too much because they had two plays, those flanker sweeps, which really alluded to nothing. And I know they had to like really pull Diggs to the side and calm him down. And it's interesting, both teams had had players getting upset and fighting on the sidelines during the game. And it kind of showed a lack of maturity on both sides. I, I to the extent the the wide receivers made some great. I mean, that last catch by uh, what's what's his beeline? What's his name? The beeline. Yeah. That was just a magnificent catch. Are you talking about the one in the end zone that Rudolph caught or the one that... No, the one before that, the deep in the bottom of the the two-yard line. That was just... And that was probably the best catch and best throw that he's had as a quarterback in a long time. But their defense and the adjustment made in in taking their two defensive ends and putting them at defensive tackle because of the the quality of the the offensive tackles for the Saints, I thought adjustment at halftime was fabulous Mm -hmm. by the Viking defensive coordinator and by the head coach there. I thought they made some great adjustments. And there have been a lot lot of rumors that one of the targets for the Cowboys is the Vikings head coach because he used to be the coordinator. Yeah, which they strongly said, no, they're not going to let him go. I think Cousins need a little more Jason Bourne in him. You've seen Jason Bourne movies where just quietly, efficiently, he just takes care of somebody and puts him in his place. And uh, once in a while, I think the wide receivers are going a little crazy, like, I'm not getting the ball enough. And I think Russell Wilson does a great job of working with his teammates. If you had to have any quarterback to get you motivated, if you were on a team, which quarterback would you want, Nate? Um, I don't know. I like Tom Brady's let's go. I mean, that's kind of cool. I like, I like how he gets mad about it. Um, <laughs> Bra- I mean, Breeze has a good one with the Houdat um, enchanting. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really watched too many to to say like who I like the best. Or um, I, I bet Brett Favre would probably have a good one. I don't remember his, but he seemed like he'd get put on some Wrangler jeans and go nuts in the huddle right there. Cheer everybody up. Get everybody up. Favre would do things to make people laugh. I mean, he just he took he kind of calmed him down by. I think it's the most famous case of that is, is uh, Joe Montana in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati telling all of his teammates in the, the winning drive, look on the sidelines, there's John Candy. You know, the guy who, who, you know, I don't love to fire up if you need that at the pro level. You need someone to calm them down because these guys are hyped up to start with. I, I think you need someone to, the, you know, uh, Don Meredith, he's come in and tell him to shut up. He was in charge. Mm. You need, need more of that more than the hype master. I, that would be my observation. Well, Ernest, you've been promoting all year that until – The champs are done. They're not done. Until they get defeated, you can't rule them out. Well, the Patriots are done. And USA Today headline on their website, really a big stretch here. Belichick stonewalls about future. Hello. He always, he's Mr. Stonewall. So, Ernest, what do we expect? I mean, there's a lot of conjecture what's going to happen with the Patriots. And I'm just going to put out one that um, Chris, uh, oh, what's his last name? Uh, Who's just something? No, the one who does Sunday Night Football with uh, Al Michaels. Collinsworth. Collinsworth predicted uh. on TV right before they threw it to the Golden Globes that Pete, that uh, Brady would not be back with the Patriots, that it most likely he's going to the L.A. Rams. What do you think about that? I heard, the, I heard the Raiders. The Vegas Raiders? I heard the Vegas Raiders. 
Well, let, let me throw some names at you. Jerry Goff, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Gardner Mishu, Case Keenum. What all of them have in common? The quarterbacks. They had better quarterback ratings than Tom Brady this year. Patriots were four and five in their last nine games. We have seen, you know, Brady may not think it's over. He just cannot accurately throw anymore. And I'm tired of people coming in and say, well, he has no wide receivers. He has no help. He had two Pro Bowl receivers, his tight end and Edelman. What does Russell Wilson have as wide receivers? What do the Eagles have at wide receiver? I mean, I, I think the wide receivers for the Patriots weren't that bad. I just think Father Time has won out. Listen, he's the greatest of all time. Brady is, no doubt. There will never be another quarterback like him. There will never be another quarterback who wins as many Super Bowls as him. But why, if you were the Vegas Raiders, why would you take it? Why would the Rams take it? I mean, if you're going to give up on golf after one bad year after going to the Super Bowl? I mean, and I no, don't. I, I take I, that back. No, it, it wasn't the Rams. He said the LA Chargers. I'm sorry. I get LA in my brain and I short circuit. But he said the Chargers. How about the Chargers taking Brady? Or would Brady go there? They be what wide receivers do they have other than Allen? I mean, that's a worse wide receiver setup than he has right now. They have now. a good tight end. They have a good tight end. Yeah, they got a good tight end. They got Allen. It's the same thing he has with the Patriots. I mean, unless next year is Belichick's. Last year, kind of like a Phil Jackson situation with the Bulls. Why would you pay an enormous amount of money? And, and Brady's looking for a two-year contract. Why would bring it? If Belichick is in control of the team, he's not bringing him back. Belichick's going to set up for his next quarterback because Belichick's looking at the next 10 years or the next five years. He doesn't want a one to, last uh, round. Two, uh, two, uh. Yeah, well, he's healthy, not, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced Tula is going to be that good a quarterback myself. Trade down. I mean, get. Well, you saw. Did you see the documentary about um, when they interviewed Belichick and Nick Saban? And being if, I mean, that's going to be a huge red flag if two is available for, you know, the Patriots and they don't take him. When if they need a quarterback, I think you're going to know that there's some flaws in him because those two are really good friends. Mm. Nick Saban would be the first one to tell him, "Hey, I don't think he's, you know, NFL material. Or he's not going to run your system well, or something like that." I think. I think, I think he's there's a, communication there that they, yeah. Right. Anytime they don't take a Atla- uh, Alabama guy high, all right, that's Nate, always a red flag. Yes or no? Will Brady be back with the Patriots next year? I think he will. Okay. I'll say yes. Okay, I say yes. You too. know, I, I don't. You know, Tula to me is just as fragile as Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz. You know, the problem with him is he falls look at today i mean he just i mean i can't say the injuries are his injury sam bradford looks at carson wentz and goes dude you're like mr glass <laughs> wow you're fragile fragile i feel like at this point i've played more playoff games than yeah. wentz has well, you've won as many <laughs> well the backup yeah, that's true the backup quarterback for the eagles was josh mccowan and i'm gonna play a little game with you guys and listeners out there Josh McCown, they kept on saying over and over, he's played seven years in the NFL. He's a coach that Ernest has seen on the sidelines down in North Carolina coaching a high school team. I mean, he's so old, he pulled a butt muscle trying to throw a pass so hard. He's even grab his back. Um, but can you guys name the seven other teams he's played for besides the Eagles? Cardinals. Three of them, the three teams that we pull for. Yeah, Cardinals is one. 
Cardinals drafted him. Panthers, Jets. Lions. No, wrong. No Lions. Jets. Yeah, he played for the Lions. He was on he was on the uh, practice squad for an entire year. But that's not the roster. I looked at the NFL stats, and so they didn't have him on the Lions. The okay. teams are, according to the NFL stats, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Jets, Cleveland, Carolina, Chicago, and Arizona. I thought he played pretty decent, but boy, he looked pretty slow there at, toward the end. I think he finally caught up to him. Did he exceed your expectations, Nate? You know, honestly, I didn't care about this game. I didn't watch it. Um, I don't like Seattle. Oh. I don't. I didn't like the Eagles, so I was just like, I could care less who wins this game. I did other things. I spent time with my kids and um, helped make dinner. And she was because I just didn't care. I just didn't care. I was getting text he messages that Wentz went care. down again. Wentz went down again. Just and I have you never... know, he is the most famous alumni of a team near your place of residence, the immortal Hartford Colonials of the United Football League. Josh McCowan? Yes. Wow. Do you remember the United Football League? No. I vaguely remember. I remember Trump owned a team, right? That was USFL. Oh, okay. The, no, I don't Further back. <laughs> yeah, this is, that was much further back. But yeah, yeah he, he was on, look it up, he was on the practice squad for the Lions because he is, uh, he never got on the field, I think. Like, Does that technically count if you're on the practice squad? Isn't that like that how Rudy didn't counts, get? That that Rudy, Rudy, Rudy never counted um, as <laughs> a member a of the Notre Dame until he played in the game. He got a tackle. Right, but he was not part of considered part yeah. of the team until he got on well, into a game. He's got actually He was actually on the 49ers, yeah. but he was on the training camp for the 49ers. He, he actually threw pretty squad. good today. I mean, if it was just throwing the ball, oh, he yeah. did well, but he just over realized he couldn't he thought he could run out of a few things and he just was slow as a molasses and I texted Ernest during the game and said that when I first saw him, it looked like the helmet barely fit on his pudgy face. And you know, you see that look when you see somebody too old to really be playing anymore. One of only two quarterbacks over the age of 40 to make their debut in the playoffs at age 40, the other being Sonny Jurgensen. And that's and, going uh, way back. Washington I, Redskins I, fame. And I, you know, and I also told you, you know, the Eagles offense is what we'll see in the XFL this year. <laughs> because it was totally guys off the street. All the, all the positions were guys who were sitting on their couch last week. Let me ask you guys this question. If Nick Foles was there and Wentz Ooh. was on another team, do you think Philly would, A, make the playoffs, and B, have won today? Yes. Well, yes, but he probably would have been injured also. He got injured this year. Yeah, but he played in Jacksonville. Everybody gets injured in Jacksonville. I thought fascinating that they talked about how McCowan uh, had been like an assistant quarterback coach and mm -hmm. he had talked to Wentz and convinced Wentz to be more receptive to throwing to his running backs, those shorter passes during the year. And that's why they had averaged over 30 points the last four games. But then again, they played the Redskins twice and played the Cowboys and the Jets. So it wasn't exactly a murder. I mean, the Dolphins. So it wasn't a murder's row that they played. But, but look how many players got hurt style. that they ended up playing and inserting in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, the, heroic for them to get to the playoffs with as many guys who were hurt. And McCowan, I think, I mean, he had a chance to tie it up at the two-minute mark of the game. Right. And that's all you really want is an opportunity. This was probably wildcard weekend, the best fourth set of games we've ever had. You usually have a blow off, and amazingly, three road teams won. Right, and, and we had two overtimes. Yeah, two overtimes. And the, the one team that we had, we thought was the most shaky as a favorite, Houston wins in overtime. 
and speaking of Bill that O'Brien, game, you know, we, did you watch that game, play. Nate? Oh, yeah. I did watch that game, yeah. So I was watching that game, and my wife was here, and I started yelling at the TV. I'm sure you guys never yell at the TV. And I was trying to explain to her that I could not believe the decisions Josh Allen was making. And I have some really good friends who left here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and flew down there to root for their beloved Bills. And I felt bad for the Bills fans all the way through that. Um, so who do you think impacted that game more, Josh Allen or J.J. Watts, Ernest? J.J. Watt, the really? pressure they put. Because he had t- he took about a half to, to round into shape. Allen had a pretty good first half. He was the first quarterback ever in a playoff game to run for 40 yards on one play and catch a touchdown pass. So, you know, they had a 13-point lead. But in the second half, you know, J.J. Watt, they had talked earlier before the game that had a brace and he could pop out his shoulder at any time. And I thought he warmed up and played very well in the second half. I thought the pressure they put on him and – and Allen did what you normally see with young quarterbacks. He held the ball too long. Yeah, I, I you saw that. He made some really questionable decisions throwing the ball, but more running or trying to do intentional grounding at one time or at least get the ball out. It's just like he could not be in real time. He was just so new to that experience. Nate, what did you think of the game? You know, I, I think – I think the most influential player was Josh Allen because I think him fumbling and not being ready at that position at in the fourth quarter in the crunch time, I think it kind of just um, snowballed down to some of his teammates. I just I, I think he just he looked shaken instead of being that leader that you need, you know, like the quarterbacks out there that are leaders in the huddle and things like that. And, you know, some of the bonehead plays he makes, he, may, he gets a huge loss on some uh, – he gets him out of field goal range. I mean, he just made such boneheaded plays that – you know, I think the team just kind of, it just was almost like quicksand. And then they, they got lucky enough that they ended up, you know, sending it to overtime. But man alive, it, it just looked so bad. I mean, he looked like he went from a professional quarterback in the first half to like a backyard quarterback in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just so bad. Um, so I, I mean, I just think that kind of trickled down to some of his teammates. I think his defense was great. I think you take away that defense, they were, you know, they would have gotten smoked in the fourth quarter. But uh, so I, I, I love JJ Watt, but I think. I don't know. I think look for a better alternative out there. I just think Josh Allen needs a little more experience um, in that situation. Now he's kind of technically had it. So hopefully maybe next season, if they make the playoffs, um, he'll be a little bit, you know, more prepared for it because right now he just, or, you know, in that game last night, he just, you know, he, he looked shocked in that deer in the headlights in the fourth quarter. He just was making stupid plays, just mentally mental mistakes, physical mistakes, just the whole thing. So as a bills fan, I mean, I, I, I would just be cringing every time he had the ball. I would just say, you know, kick the field goal now. You're in range. Don't risk a, a scramble and a, a sack for 10 yards yeah. back. And so J.J. Watts. Can we, can we, go ahead, can we give some love for Deshaun Watson? Because that was – he showed leadership. He did, he, absolutely. I mean, Deshaun Watson was really the star Was really the star of that, that run for the uh, second touchdown where he is hit on the seven-yard line. And just wheels his way in. That that was that was the night and day difference. If you want to make a comparison, it's Deshaun Wilts, Deshaun Watson against uh, uh, Allen. Well, I mean, even that's... before that, J.J. Watt was the one who was going up and down the sideline after he got that sack. I mean, how could you not be inspired by a guy who's playing through the pain, could totally wreck his shoulder? He was yelling at the other guys, "Let's go, let's go!" and really getting him fired up. I mean, to me, I would go anywhere J.J. Watt was going because i know he's going to give you 
everything he has. I mean, totally. I love J.J. Watt. He's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Before we slip off the playoffs, uh, special credit to Mike Vrabel. I thought he outcoached <laughs> Belichick. I thought the decision to punt yet to invoke the two penalties <laughs> yeah. and make sure they weren't you know, running out the clock. One was a motion penalty and chew up a minute and a half to leave Brady, you know, a little less than, than three minutes to come back. Uh, I thought that was pure genius. I mean, that's one of the few times, and you could see the frustration of Belichick on the sidelines because he knew there was nothing he could do to stop the clock. Well, let me explain it for those who didn't see it. So the Titans had a fourth and five from the Patriots' 36-yard line. And by the way, I copy and paste this onto my script here. And they had 6.33 left to play. Due to weather, Vrabel didn't want to kick a field goal, so he decided to punt the ball, but not until after his team took a delayed game penalty, which took the clock down to 5.52. Following that penalty, the Titans got a fresh 25-second play clock, and they let the new clock tick down to zero before taking a false start penalty. And, of course, Belichick was furious at that point because you're right, Ernest, he took a lot of time off. And, you know, sooner or later, Belichick is going to have to retire. You know, will they go after Vable to try to get him back at some point? I love. I mean, I love the play. I love the, the gamesmanship. That was fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I think he used to coach for him. Um, he was under Belichick at some point, right? Is that right? Is that yeah, right linebackers under Belichick, and also I loved it. Uh, he was I, I Ohio mean, State too. But we won't talk about that. And one. if you watched, if you watched the game too, they had those two penalties in a row, and they were talking to the announcers like, like, well, if you do it again, is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, right? Which is 15 yards. Um, and right when they did the next one, then New England went off sides, and they were talking about, wait a minute. If the, if um, New England just reset it, you know right. they got a penalty. Does that reset it all? So now you could do another delay of game penalty. You can do another um, <laughs> false start. Um, I would have liked to see that. I would have just liked to see Verbal just say like, "Hey, let's let's push the envelope. Let's see how how low we can get this clock to go." Because I mean, you could just see Belichick so mad on the sidelines. It's just <laughs> it's basically somebody using his own um, coaching against him. So it was it was great to see it. I mean, I don't really have anything against Belichick, but. I, I liked, yeah, I liked, I liked it. So very cool. So we're gonna make picks for next weekend. Go, let's go cool. for it now. Let's make them picks now. Right. So you probably have them right in front of you. I don't, I didn't print them out. Uh, the first is Minnesota at uh, uh, at the 49ers. That'll be Saturday at four o'clock. 49ers by ten. 49ers. I'm gonna say Vikings because I think the 49ers are a young team. This is a group Garoppolo has not played a playoff game. I'll go with the hot hand. I picked the upset. And then I, like, the other, I think I think Cousins will crumble this game. I think you've seen his good game in the playoffs, and now he's going to get all the hopes up in Minnesota, and he's going <laughs> to he's going to crumble. Gonna I don't think him. it's going to be I don't think it's going to be the 49ers dominating him. I think it's going to be Kirk Cousins making lots of mistakes. It'll be interesting to see if they can run on that 49er defense. Then again, like I said. I'll go with odd hand. The uh, next Saturday game is Tennessee at Baltimore. I shall pick last this time. Nate? Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore easily. I think by two touchdowns. Lamar will do it all himself. Lamar will play both ways. He'll play offense and defense. (laughs) Yeah, Tennessee's won their game already. Uh, It's Baltimore. We'll we'll cross the board here. Okay, the first game will be 3 o'clock on Sunday. And that will be the Kansas City. That'll be who, who's playing Kansas City. Uh, I'll, I'll, the other AFC team. 
you know, which is Houston. Houston at Kansas City. Houston's already beat Kansas City once this year, but I'm going to go Kansas City. They'll be ready to beat them this year. Paul? Same here. Kansas City. I really want Kansas City to win. I'm not, I would not be surprised if Texas upsets them, but I really want to see Andy Reid get to a Super Bowl and win. I really want to see the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs. I think they're doing fantastic this year. I love Mahomes. So, uh, and I have a good friend of mine that's a big Chiefs fan. So, for those reasons, I'm hoping it's the Chiefs. Yeah, me too. And the final game will be at 6.30 on Sunday night, and that will be your Seahawks hosted by the Packers in snowy Green Bay <laughs> in the frozen tundra. And I've told you all year long, I got Green Bay and Seattle, Green Bay and Baltimore in the Super Bowl, so I got to go Green Bay. I Nate? Nate, go ahead. Oh, Paul, Paul, I will Paul, say. Paul, go, oh. Paul, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm, a hor- I'm a horrible host. I can't work this out. <laughs> no, Paul, well, first of all, it won't be the frozen tundra because they got heating coils underneath that turf now, but I like the way you say it anyways. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Seattle's going to win this. I think the Packers are going to finally be exposed that they are just not as good. The I think, though, the running will be shut down. I think Seattle will shut down the running game because that's the key to their whole system, if you can shut down the running game. And that's hard to say that you want Aaron Rodgers to pass, but I think you do because those wide receivers are just not as good this year. And I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play as well as last year. I just haven't seen those amazing uh, throws. And maybe he hasn't been forced to do it, but I'm going Seattle by three. I don't think Rodgers has the time. David or Paul speaking. I couldn't figure that out. Go ahead. (laughs) I don't think Rodgers has the time because he's been doing all those State Farm commercials. So Um, I will say it goes to overtime, and I think Seattle wins. Ooh, nice. I don't like Seattle. I don't want Seattle to win. I think they're going to win, though. Well, isn't it fascinating that everything we've seen this weekend was because of the 49ers stopping Seattle on the one-yard line of the Mm. last game of the season and Miami upsetting the Patriots at home? Because you take those two games out and there are drastically different games in these matchups this week. Mm -hmm. So it just shows you that the margin for error is so, so minuscule that it can affect everything and and just you know it's it is fascinating how just a small set of things can put things in arrangement yeah sorry so, paul back now back to your regular <laughs> well the national football league another uh, way i could say is not for long because you think you're in good shape and you're going to win a game or you're going to have a high seed and then anything can happen in the nfl i think any of the players can step up a little bit more if the other players not motivated. And you know, there, another thing not for long this time of year is New Year's resolutions. Hey, hey, you like that transition? So I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think is the number one New Year's resolution people make every year? Lose, Lose weight. <laughs> that is right, 71%. You know, number Actually, two. Actually, you know what I think the next, this, this year, I think 2020, is everybody's New Year's resolution is to listen to this podcast. Oh, it should be. Wow. It should be. Nice self serving. I like that. We know the second one is, you guys, besides eating healthier diet? Get organized. Exercise more? Exercise, number two. How is that the same as lose weight? Not kind of the same thing. Well, you exercise, can lose up. weight, eat healthier. You can, I feel like that's... You can, you can exercise and gain more muscle mass and gain weight. Mm. Not that I know anything about that. Hey, wait a second. You guys made a bet. I seem to remember a bet being ah, yes, made I, about. Do we ever look at those statistics? Out. Yes. Ernest yep. has them for you, Nate. Let's of tell the audience first. There was a bet by these two co-hosts 
when uh, OBJ went to the Cleveland Browns between, and the bet was which wide receiver would catch more passes, Landry or uh, OBJ. And Ernest took uh, Landry and Nate took OBJ. And Ernest, how did that turn out? Eight more receptions for Mr. Landry. More touchdowns, more passing yardage. Uh, have you figured out which jersey you're going to be wearing when you take and so the pick? loser of the bet has to wear a jersey of the other te- guy's favorite team, which is Carolina Panthers. So, Nate, do you have a Carolina Panthers jersey? I don't. I thought I had a, um, gosh, what was his name? Jimmy Clausen jersey. I had an old one because he was a Notre Dame guy. Um, I had that two. years ago. I have no idea where that is. If I can find it, I'll take a picture. If not, we might have to just Photoshop something. I don't I – w- I think it's kind of unfair if – Unless you really want to mail me something with Panthers on it, and then I'll mail it back. But I feel like well, that's what I mean. Well, the Cam jerseys are probably being marked down, so you can probably get those. No, I think I have a better solution. I've seen this done in a lot of fantasy football leagues, that the worst player in the fantasy football league has to go out by the street and hold a sign, or sometimes even wear a dress. But we won't do it at the Nate. Nate, we just That would you. be weird in Connecticut. Nobody would understand that. We would like it anyways, Nate. You make a sign <laughs> that says... I love the Carolina Panthers, and you just seem to stand out on the street and have your wife take a picture of that. Or, or your daughter wear a little Carolina Panthers cheerleader outfit, you know, the little kids' outfits, little Carolina right, well, cheerleader we'll outfits. We'll text this uh, around. We'll, we'll do something all right, satisfying. Okay. All right, all right. We'll so, find some that he, he's happy with. I, I think those are kind of weird, but we'll, we'll find something. Ah, uh, see. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, well, back to the resolutions. Uh, so the first one is to lose weight or eat healthier. Second one is exercise more. Next one after that is uh, save more, spend less. Uh, the one after that is learn a new skill or hobby. And Ernest works at this all the time. 21% of people said they want to quit smoking. Ernest does that for a living, trying to help educate people in North Carolina. And 17% said read more, which I think in this time and age is a surprising answer, but that's cool. So do guys, they mean read books, or do they mean read more on their phone? Or read read offenses, on their phone. Or... <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you guys names, and I want you to tell me what these people's New Year's resolution should be. So I give you a name, you think, oh, this person should do this this next year as a resolution. All right? So, And you both have a shot at this. Ernest, Jerry Jones, what should his resolution be in 2020? He should hire an NFL experienced general manager and leave all the football decisions to him. All right. Nate? I kind of agree with Ernest, but a hire was it Bill Coward and just leave the football to them. All Step right. back, enjoy the owner's box, but get a head coach, kind of like Ernest saying, but I'm saying get Bill Coward, let him hire whoever he wants as a GM. Just stay out of it. Just sign the checks. All right. That was the easy one to start. I agree with you guys. Jones, I figured, Paul, you would say uh, your resolution with him would be to hire Urban Meyer so he would <laughs> be as far away from Ohio State and Michigan as you would like him. It doesn't to. matter. Michigan still can't beat him without Urban Meyer, as we've seen this year. Oh, man. My New Year's resolution is not make everything back to Michigan and Ohio State. But let's go on to the next one. All right, Nate, what is your? what do you think Adam Silver, <laughs> the NBA commissioner, what his New Year's resolution should be in 2020? Grow hair <laughs> on his head. <laughs> Can you do that? How do you do that? Oh, <laughs> All right, Ernest, Ernest, what do you think? What you got? Uh, stop this stupid idea about a play tournament. I know I sound like an old fogey. Uh, uh, well, um, well, I know, I know. Uh, and don't 
don't don't don't go with this NBA Africa in NBA Europe. Just have traveling called. Maybe have your referees actually call fouls. <laughs> There's a whole lot of things I could tell him. Uh, don't mess up a pretty good game. How about that? All righty. Um, my resolution for Adam Silver is to uh, eat some more and grow a beard. I think he looks really skinny that if he turned sideways, I wouldn't see him at all. So, All right, the next one. Ernest, what is your New Year's resolution oh, for Oh, did, did Nate get his? Did yeah. I'm still, Nate yeah, I said he should grow his hair. Grow his okay. hair. All right. You know, for a Duke graduate, Adam Silver's okay. All right. Ready, Ernest? Here's your next one. Yes, yes. Nick Saban, what's his New Year's resolution should be? Uh, let Tua go to the pros. Relax. Enjoy what you got. You think uh, he can stop him? Yeah. Yeah, he could stop him. He could promise him that he'll be the starting quarterback next year. Now, I, really, for Nick Saban, uh, just relax, enjoy yourself. He doesn't like he enjoys coaching. He really doesn't. Hmm. I would I'd say him to enjoy it and, and get him some more little Debbie cakes. He loves little Debbie cakes. <laughs> he loves the oatmeal cream pies. Yeah, yeah little Debbie oatmeal. Did cream Did you see yeah. the uh, meme He's going around? Two of those. That says little Debbie now and later it'll be large Deborah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's Sorry. as bad as that... good as did you see when Will Farrell showed up on the Tonight Show dressed up like little Debbie? Yes, that was hilarious. That was crazy. All right, Nate, what's your uh New Year's resolution for Nick Saban? Saban? Um to drink some X Lax, because man, he just looks like he's upset and constipated on the sideline all the time. I just mm. drink some X Lax. No, I would just say try to smile more. Um you know, I know he's tough. And stop doing Aflac commercials. Seriously, like, <laughs> you make so much money. Do you really need to do an Aflac commercial? That's just so bizarre that he and does that. He makes so much of money. Him looks like he's done Botox. Have you ever it seen that real close-up? so up? weird. Why? He's not having a good time either. He looks so pained through it. I mean, he looks like he's genuinely like, oh, why am I doing this? He just looked like he up. just lost a bet and he had to do it from or somewhere in his contract. He, didn't, he forgot to read his entire contract because that is so bizarre. He does not need the money. Why on earth does he have to do these commercials? And like you're saying, he looks like he hates it. So why do it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, the next one is James the Beard Harden. And I'll do this one. James, my news resolution for you is shave the beard. Just shave like just that. once, just for good luck. You know, when hockey players go in the playoffs, they grow a beard. For you, you need to shave your beard to go in the playoffs. All right, Nate, what do you think? I like to shave the beard. I would say pass the ball more. <laughs> yeah. Pass. Dan, you remember when he shaved when he was playing for Arizona State, right? I no. do. I'm surprised yeah. he was so good in the NBA. I, I think he's probably the best ASU player to ever come out in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, he just needs to pass the ball. I mean, yeah. you know, you got Westbrook. Pass the ball. I mean, yeah. That's Did you ever see that movie, that old movie, Celtic Pride? Yeah. And then With, uh, they get to the, yeah, they get to the championship and he starts passing the ball and the team starts winning. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. He has Big a team concept. around him. And speaking of passing the ball, yesterday Kevin Love for the Cavs had no love for his coach, Coach Beeline, or the Cavs offense as he stalked down the court, grabbed the ball, and just threw it as hard as he could across the court. Uh, what's your New Year's resolution for Kevin Love, Ernest? Maturity. <laughs> maturity. The dude's late, late 30s now or mid 30s. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he's the third option everywhere he goes. I mean, they're talking about trading him to two places, Portland, which I have him and, and Anthony. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> but I don't think you can get both those egos inside the arena or going to Phoenix 
And I don't think you want someone like that corrupting all that young talent for the Suns. Nate, I don't you don't want him with the Suns. I'm not that worried about him with the Suns. It just depends on what we give up for him to get him. I know the Suns have been wanting Kevin Love for years. They're always coming up in, in um, trade rumors. Uh, they like the stretch five. I mean, it's – I'm not, I'm not that concerned about it. The, the Suns are – just as bad as the Cavs right now. So I don't really know for him if that's really a step up. It'd be, I think he'd probably just be better off trying to get released. Lakers. And, um, Lakers, and then going to, yeah, going to like the Lakers or something. Lakers like or Clippers. Either one I of the think, LA teams. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if you lived in Cleveland, as long as he has now, like, wouldn't you be upset? I mean, everybody left. He was part of that team. Everybody left. Kyrie's gone. LeBron's gone. <laughs> the party's you know, over. Everybody's gone. Like, and he's still stuck there. So. Kyrie still Wait a minute, in the why league? did you keep my contract, technically? Is, is Kyrie still <laughs> in the league? I'm confused. Does he still play? I well, thought... they just said, the doctor said not to do his shoulder surgery. They just keep on rehabbing it. It doesn't so. matter. The Nets are waiting for next year anyway when they have Durant and Kyrie fully yeah. healthy-ish for Kyrie. But, 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 you know, Love never was a superstar. He's an above-average player. He's like the last guy to be named to an all-star. I mean, he he's lit off of 10 years ago when he was a 20 a 2010 guy and he's just not that player he's had too many surgeries no. so but I, I don't i don't know it it doesn't make sense for a lot of these young teams to trade for him because he's by the time the teams get good he's going to be done so what's the point i don't I, he's his, better off just trying to get released and his cap his salary is enormous i mean when cleveland signed him back when they got rid of everybody you you'd have to swap big salaries i mean the only reason they're only going to trade him to a team that can give him expiring contracts mm-hmm. and they're going to wait. They're going to try to use him. I mean, there's no place where he's going to be the superstar player at this point anymore. So, so as not, one of my G league, G league, <laughs> one of my buddies Europe. from the South would say, Kevin love, take a reality pill, man. It's just forget it. You're past your prime, get on a team anywhere you can and keep moving on. All you right. know what the Cavs should do? That the Cavs are really upset with him. What's put that? him down in the G. Put him on the G League Ooh. team until he gets a better attitude. I would do and, that. But I don't, and I don't the know G League team for Cleveland is. I don't know. The Why Canton. Know? The Canton Charge. But still, I mean, I think that would be a little reality check. Only like, hey, you're going to go down there for a little know that, Ernest. I know, I know, and I don't technically. They all live in Ohio. <laughs> they can't. They can't send him because the only guys. I'm speaking for David because he's saying this right now as he listens to us. The only guys who can be sent down to the G League with a contract are your two guys on two-way contracts. You only have two guys on an NBA squad that have two-way contracts. So technically, he can the- he can be released. Or traded, but he cannot be sent to the G. Make League. him work. Make him work in the concession stand. <laughs> He's right. It's a team. They can send him home, kind of like Houston did. Oh no, 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 no! You're year. paying the guy. You're paying the guy. Yeah, right. one of the concession Houston stands. Did that with, uh, uh, Houston did that with Anthony last. We beat up Love enough. All right, let's move okay. on. No love for Love. No love no for, love. for Love. All right. Um. So Ernest. What should the Houston Astros make as their New Year's resolution? I'm teeing this up for you so easily here. Okay. Uh, uh, well, of course, you know, quit cheating. Uh, <laughs> you know, they need to fire some guys who were involved in this, and they need to own up. We made mistakes because everybody will be watching them next year. They may ha- they better have the most quiet dugout that you've ever seen in history. But you own up to your mistakes, you move on. But they'll fire a few guys. They'll be sacrificial lambs. But yep. no more I cheating. Agree. I think um, 
honestly, I, I mean, obviously we talk about the cheating, but how great would that be if the MLB just said no signs, no teams can do any signs whatsoever. If you're pitching and you're catching and the pitcher thinks, hey, I'm going to throw a fastball, but the catcher's like, oh, I'm waiting for a slide, you know, slide, wow, yeah, slider anarchy. in the dirt. How great would that be, though? Because oh, so, it'd be they, so unpredictable. It'd be great for baseball. You don't know if the guys are going to steal. It would be the there's no, there's bears, no steals. Man. There's no but signs they, to steal. They get and there's nobody that. that can get it. You can hold your glove at a, an angle, and that would tell you what the pitch right, was. Right, but then you get you get fined. You get fined. Yeah, you'd, you'd lose it'd be hard. I mean, that's that's it's it'd be hard to eliminate entirely. But I mean, that's not the, the gray area. But at the end of the day, honestly, if you're a, a major league professional team and you're doing signals every game, you should change them. You should never be as predictable as that. I think that's that's their own fault for teams to become predictable. Lazy. When you have a, another game. You play a different day. You change it up. How hard is it for a pitcher to say, "Hey, every inning, I'm going to say, hey, it's the first the the first signal is the one I'm going to go with. In the second inning, okay, now it's the third signal of this week. I mean, how hard is that? Just change up your signal and then, or change up your signs, and nobody can do that to you. So, or you could as much easily, as you could put an earpiece in the pitcher's ear, an earpiece in the catcher's ear, and have the manager give it electronically. Exactly. Like we, could do that too, but... we could we could do that. But you know, here's the thing. Just like steroids, baseball loves this because that has us talking baseball in January. And that's baseball the rest of the time when we talk about it, for, usually just talk Paul, Paul has us talking about it. Yeah, not, Paul, not yeah, but we're still the subject's still going on like steroids. And I think Major League Baseball loves the controversy because that keeps them at the front of the sports pages. When they used to have sports pages, right now they'll be front of whatever the website is you're looking at. But I think they love it. They enjoy, they're not going to do anything because, again, it generates interest. Like you don't think we're talking about Spittus and his uh, boar attack? <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think it was a wild boar. I think he was doing, he was in a bar somewhere and did something the wrong, or he owed someone money and someone cracked him across the ankle. You know, it's funny. There's a, there's a t-shirt that just came out. It's the uh, St. Lucie or St. Lucia wild boars is that, <laughs> as like a team. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to go off the board for our last New Year's resolution. It's just to be fun. Um, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez are going to get married this next year. What should their New Year's resolution be, Ernest? Train up. <laughs> <laughs> who who I needs it more? Who, Jennifer Lopez? She does. She's worth more than he is. He's probably I, more. Yeah. Than I would think. Please explain to me why she is the Super Bowl entertainment. Can you name one song that she sings? Jenny from the Block. That's pretty okay. old, though. That's right? one, but name me another one. She is the opening starring her and Shakira are your Super Bowl. I mean, we've gone to having the Rolling Stones and Tom Petty and everyone else to. I believe Tom Petty is unavailable. Yeah, well, he is. But I'm saying that's that's what the quality of acts that we've had. Michael Jackson, Prince, to having Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. She's a big, they're big names. I think that's why. It's probably just big name only. But, but, to me, I, I mean, I, I know I don't look at the Billboard Top 10 every week and probably wouldn't recognize any of the songs, but can we... Who would, you, who would you have, Ernest? If, you, if somebody said, hey, you can pick two entertainers for this year's Super Bowl, who would you pick? I am no fan by any respect, but I think there's probably nobody bigger than Taylor Swift right now. Has she done it at halftime yet? No, has she has she has not. She has not. That is kind of weird. I would think she would be a big enough... And again, I... Done, I yeah, I, I can name songs she's done. I can name ex boyfriend she's had. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that would be. 
again, there are more recent acts. Uh, I would like to see the Foo Fighters. I mean, there's a lot of groups that I think that that have... are the Foo Fighters still relevant. I think they're kind of. Past. I don't know if they, they could have, remember they their lyrics. Why not, hey, Ernest? Why not have the Beach Boys? <laughs> the current Beach Boys. Wheel, wheel them out in the wheelchairs. How about Billy Joel and uh, Elton John? No, no, Elton John maybe not uh, Billy Joel. I mean, uh, no. Uh, you want someone who's actually had a song out this this century? Hey, I believe. hey, hey. he's one of my Nobody's favorites. Nobody's had a song out this century. It's five oh, days that's old. Right. That's well, right. I, uh, had that's a thing. Somebody, but, yeah, I was gonna say, I just that's just kind of reaching the the bottom of the barrel. All right, speaking of bottom of the barrel, <laughs> let me transition to a few jokes before I give you guys your last shots at what you want to say. Um, being in Michigan, we get a lot of hassle about Ohio State, and then the January first, somebody sent out a. a tweet that says, hey, Michigan's undefeated against Ohio State in this decade. So, boom, boom, boom. And then some corny dad jokes for Nate here. Hey, Nate, what do you call someone who doesn't fart in public? A private tutor. And then, Ernest, here's another one for you. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. Which one comes first? Ah, yes. And then last one. How does a penguin build its house, Nate? It glues it together. Nice. All right. So, Nate, I'll start with Ernest. Ernest, what are your last thoughts after those dead warnings? Anything about sports or otherwise? Well, our long national nightmare is over. After a week of clinging to every newscast that we can listen to, waiting to hear the news, waiting to get a reprieve from the governor, that's right. Jason Garrett is no longer coach of the Cowboys after an entire week of his waiting. I know that's low-hanging fruit to hang at in that respect, but it, it's fascinating all the candidates we're talking about. They can be particular coaches, and my team is one of those looking to the various candidates, but you just don't know because it takes talent. Unless you have a Pro Bowl-style quarterback, as we see what's left, and a young mobile quarterback, if we look at the eight teams that are remaining, they all have one thing in common. They have mobile quarterbacks who can run as well as throw the ball, and that's the secret to being success in the NFL. All right, so who do you think, Ernest, is going to be the coach of the Cowboys and your Panthers? Uh, My Panthers are wide open. I mean, I, I do like the offensive coordinator from the Steelers, if they can get him. The Cowboys... You know, they keep saying urban, and I just think that was going to be a massive mistake. Uh, considering they were looking at the defensive coordinator for Nate's Arizona State team. But they interviewed Marvin Lewis, of all people. Yes, yes. Talk about Marvin Trash. Lewis wasn't the, he wasn't the defensive coordinator. He, he was, was a, the, a special uh, assistant. Special he was a special assistant because he was good friends with um, Herm Edwards. Yeah. Hey, so Herm, he was just... Herm's obviously a candidate. Uh, <laughs> I'm you know, I, I have no earthly idea. I hope for the Panthers we get a young – I don't want to retread. I don't want Matt McCarthy. Uh, I, I He's had his chance, and I know everybody says, well, since he got fired from the Packers, he's indulged in analytics and all that. I want a young coach, and I want to rebuild because our team quit after Ron Rivera was fired. And, and I, I hope I wish Ron Rivera all the luck in the world because he's going to need it with the Redskins because Daniel Snyder is going to intervene and he's going to interfere and he's going to be gone in four years because Snyder has no patience whatsoever. So I just hope we get someone, a young coordinator. Uh, I thought Robert Sala at one time 
What about the Baylor coach? What about the Baylor head coach? Blanking uh, on Giants, his name right now. I think. Matt Rule, well, he used to be with the Giants. He's supposed to candidate with the Giants. I do like Eric Benemy. Uh and uh, you know, he was running back with the Chargers and he's been the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs for the last few years. So Eric Benemy would not be a bad choice, but uh, we need talent. Coach is not as important as we've got to get an upgrade on defense. And Ernest, when I mean, he says we, he means the Panthers, folks. Yeah, me. sorry. We, speaking for the Panthers, we've got to upgrade on a talent. We need talent. A coach is not going to change us from 5 and, and 11 to a, a 9 and 17. We need a lot of new talent on defense. All right. Keep looking. Nate, what's your last comment or two? Well, I mean, just because I'm a little bitter because they beat Notre Dame this year. But um, just a, a lo- fun little statistic here. It looks like all the seniors from Michigan uh, that played on the Michigan team this year, they're going out 0-4 versus Ohio State and 0-4 in bowl games. So if you hitched your wagon to the Jim Harbaugh train, that's got to be kind of a And no show would be complete without Nate taking a <laughs> shot at, at Michigan. But I, that's okay. I'm a bigger man than you are. I can handle it. I can handle but it. But your Nate. quarterback's coming back. Right? No. No Dame is, yep. Oh, yeah, Ian Book's coming back next year. But we we'll didn't see even make predictions. Or oh. uh, the backup. There's another backup that's right on his heels. We'll see. I mean, they made the switch to get Ian Book in there from the backup. I mean, from the backup role. So we'll see what, what happens. Ian Book, I don't think he was as good as he was last year. Kind of disappointing. So we'll see what um what they do there. But I don't know. I, Notre Dame's just got to get some more talent. They, they've got to ramp it up a little bit. I don't know how they can compete they're just they're not a top 14 they're not a playoff team they've, they've got to do something to show me that they can do it um Nate, really who's going to be around longer at their school harbaugh or kelly mm, i think kelly will I, I don't know about harbaugh i mean he's I, he's a talented coach but he's just not getting it done at michigan and i know michigan doesn't want to fire him but man he's just i, I don't know he's done so well at stanford he's done he's done well in the nfl and he just for whatever reason he's getting a good recruiting class it's not like recruiting's the problem um, so I, you know, it's, it's disappointing because I feel like with Har- Harbaugh there, at least, at least if they're not going to make the playoff, they should be beating Ohio state or being right there on the verge of beating Ohio state. And it's just not happening. I mean, I don't know. I, what do you think? What do you think, Paul? If you had to pr- make a prediction? Yeah. Yeah. I think the recruiting is a little bit behind Ho- Ohio state. We'd like to think so at least. And I'm saying we for Michigan, uh, I think Harbaugh will stay at least three more years and then he'll go back to the NFL um, and see what he can do in the next three years. He didn't say it in the press conference after the bowl loss, but it's basically said that this year's quarterback was way too inconsistent for what they were trying to do. But uh, it's it, nobody can quite get to the level of the top four teams. I think Notre Dame sees that. Michigan sees that. If you're not Clemson, if you're not uh, Alabama or Clemson uh, or um, LSU, Ohio and LSU has just got up there in Ohio State, yeah. If you're not at the top, top level, you're not going to crack it. So we I didn't... do have to say one thing I did like about Harbaugh is he had a uh, football recruit that actually came from Arizona that ended up having like he got a full scholarship. And then he, the the kid, uh, the quarterback, ended up having some kind of like heart issues. So he can't play football anymore. And Harbaugh still honored his scholarship and he's just going to like be part of the staff on the football team. So that's really cool. So as much as I rip on Michigan, I do like some of the things Harbaugh does and gosh, honestly, come on, Michigan, let's go ahead and beat Ohio state this year. Seriously. I'm getting Somebody, sick and tired. Please, of, you know, yeah. Ohio state. Paul, did I, did I hear you ask 
do you want our national championship? Yeah, let's do that real quick. We got a minute to go or less. I know we probably have one more podcast to do before that happens because it's a week from Monday. But Ernest, you all along have gone Clemson. <laughs> you gonna stay with Clemson? I'm staying with Clemson. Uh, three championships in four what, years. What score? Uh, I think they'll win by less than seven. I'd say five points. All right, Nate. All right, I'm going with the Tigers. I think Tigers yeah. are going to win this. Game. <laughs> uh, hey, no, no, the team that plays it. Death Valley will win. Okay. Well, that That's good, too. That's a good one, too. I would just yeah. say no. I, I think um, I really want LSU. I like Ed Odron. Um, I, I know he can pepper the gumbo. Let's, uh, I, I think it'd be great for them. I'm kind of getting I, – I like Clemson because at least they're not Alabama. But, you know, honestly, I'm kind of getting sick of Clemson a little bit, too. I don't dislike Clemson, but I'm just kind of a little – they're getting a little old. I'd like to see another team win it this year. And um, I like – Ed Odron got passed over for the USC job because they didn't think he could, could talk very well or something like that. I don't know. That's a rumor. Got um, fired in Mississippi also. Yeah. So I and he was also the coach of uh, Michael Orr, who's in the movie The Blind Side. He was the head coach at um, Ole Miss that recruited him. So anyway, I but I, I like based solely on that. I'm not a, like an LSU fan, but I, I based solely on that. I like the coach. Um, I'd like to see LSU win. So go Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm gonna go Tigers, but obviously you can. That's the obvious one. But I'm gonna take LSU by three. I think it's gonna be a closer game that they've had all year long, and um, that's my prediction. I'll say it's a blowout. I think it's a blowout. I oh, think Clemson ooh. just they've reached is their limit. Matched. Right. I think they're overmatched. I think LSU continues the dominance they did in the first playoff game. That's, that's you want to double up State on your bet? Nate, no, I don't. Ernest? That's what Ohio State thought they were gonna blow us out too. And by right. the way. That was a catch, and that was a fumble, but it doesn't matter. That game's over. And we're out of time, folks, for Nate and Ernest. This is Paul Arnold. Thanks for listening to Part of Confusion. Tell your buddies that we're on, and have a good night.